Where are we again? We're in East Falls. East Falls. So this is like a Maniunk area, right? Yeah, next town over. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we came to you. I didn't even tell you guys about the cool fucking office. I'll tell you real quick. Great atmosphere, comfortable couch. I love a good um, shelf situation behind glass. <laughs> nice cabinet. Thank you. And this little Zen garden thing. Thanks. It's a little baby. These are my favorite. Yeah, please make a design. It always You're like the only person who's done it who isn't me, so. Is this a tiger's eye? No. Don't know. I love my rocks. Uh, why not? Fuck it. Hi, thank you for tuning in to Fucking Fine, I'll See You Soon, the podcast about all things uh, millennial anxiety-inducing, and we are in the throes of it, my friends. Um, We're self-quarantining, social distancing, Uh, COVID-19 has run amok, and it's, it's, shit has hit the fan. It's real out there, (laughs) but... Luckily, I'm back for another week, another episode, just to uh, calm your ears with other anxieties, let you know you're not alone in the world. This is, a, um, in all, all seriousness, a very difficult time for me. Personally, I um, combat a lot of anxieties and depress- depression issues with socialization um, by doing work at the coffee shop and getting out and, you know, seeing humans and remembering that I'm not the only person in the world to being trapped in my dad's house with my brother and father for the past few days has been excruciating. Um, But just wanted to say you're not alone. I get the whole, uh, you know, reduce the curve or whatever. So, yes, this is what it is, y'all. And we're living in some times, I'll tell you what. Wonder what if this will be in the textbooks. So, anywho, I'm talking uh, to a therapist this week, luckily for me, uh, Kristen Hammond. It, we get into the importance of therapy and uh, discuss some mutual TV interests, as usual. So, yeah, I know it's, it's rough out there for everybody, people losing money, people... Um, you know, childcare issues, and I just wanted to extend my, uh, my thoughts and vibes are with y'all. Um, I'm struggling. (laughs) I am social distancing with, uh, the company of others. It's a couple of my friends' birthdays. The poor Pisces aren't having birthdays right now. Aries won't have them either, but, uh, yeah, I'm drinking lots of diet soda, taking walks. And um, I'd love to hear what you're doing to cope. Like, rate, subscribe, share this. Uh, if you have friends that are looking for entertainment to consume their days, uh, you know, working from home, let them listen. Send them the link, man. Spread the word. Let's get it. 2020 vibes. We're, uh, we're down, but we're not lost yet. <laughs> rough guys rough okay well enjoy the episode and thanks again for so much for listening and making me feel less alone in this isolation period (laughs) okay bye so you listened to melanie's episode i did 
How do you guys know each other? I honestly think through the internet, which is how I meet a lot of people. Right. And she ended, like, she knows someone that I know. Um, she's also in a counseling program. So I think we just, like, connected about that. Yeah. Um, like, because I'm a few years ahead of her. Um, she's still in school. I graduated in 2017. Okay. Um, she's in her internship, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm obviously in private practice, so... I'm yeah. sure that's how, but that was, like, two years ago, so I don't even know. Interesting. <laughs> it's so weird how we all, like, meet people through the internet these days. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. One of my other colleagues, um, we walked by their office. I met them through the internet just by reaching out and, like, hey, I'm a new clinician. Like, I'd love to take you out for coffee, and now she's one of my best friends. That's awesome. <laughs> it's so crazy. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll start. What's your name? Who are you? <laughs> I'm Kristen Hammond. Um, I am a therapist. I own a private practice called Kristen Hammond Counseling, which is in East Falls. Uh, currently accepting new clients. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. I have a, a bunch of friends in Philly. I don't know if they're uh, seeking any sort of therapy or... Well, if they are. If they listen to this podcast, <laughs> truthfully. I would hope that they do. I hope so. You'd be surprised, though. I mean, I'm surprised. Although I don't care. People, I'm like, did you listen to the podcast? Mostly because I don't want to repeat repeat stories that people already know. And they'll be like, oh, no, I haven't listened yet. And they're honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm like, I'm not going to shame you. Like, I don't care. Like, don't listen if you don't want to. But when I make big bucks, don't expect some help. (laughs) Truthfully. (laughs) (laughs) um are you comfortable with sharing your age how old are you i am 27 you're 27 yeah so am i cool what's your sign when's your birthday i'm a gemini i'm born june 6th yeah and i'm like gemini like out the ass too like a lot of things in gemini (laughs) i love gemini's yeah most people don't so that's i love to hate gemini's yeah that's what i usually get to Gemini's. We're a ton of fun. Yeah. My dad is a Gemini, so I feel like I know how to, like, handle the manipulator. (laughs) People always ask me, I don't know if it's the Gemini thing or because I'm a therapist, like, if I know how to manipulate people, and I guess it's just, like, not the person I am, because I'm always, like, really thrown off of, like, yeah, like, I guess I know how, but that's, like, not how I navigate life. Right. That's, like, such a weird thing to me. My dad's not super manipulative. He's pretty blunt and, like, yeah. up front and doesn't really, like, take it or leave it is mostly his attitude. Yeah. But I've known quite a few Geminis that tend to, like, it's more it's more peer pressure than manipulation, that, I think. That feels kind of yeah. resonant. Again, not, not for me. I've never been that person, but people I know who are Geminis, like, yeah, a yeah. bit of a coaxer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like lead the horse to water yeah. kind of thing. So this is where I would ask how we met, but this is our first time meeting. Yeah. And this is the first time for me on the podcast, which is super cool. That's cool. Yeah. So you reached out on Instagram, mm-hmm. which is why whenever I talk about social media and I'm like, I fucking hate social media. I'm also like... If you look at my Instagram, I have not posted in forever because it stresses me out. I was just talking to someone about how I'm better at talking than I am at writing and all this social media stuff. Yeah. Sort of technically the same thing, but it feels so different to me. It is. I think it's different. 
Um, so what, give me a little bit of your background. Let me get to know you in a five paragraph essay. <laughs> okay. Uh, as person or as therapist? <laughs> what, whatever you, however you want to project yourself. Um, I mean, it'd be nice to get to know you as a person, but if you don't I'll want do the public to know. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll do, I'll do both. Um, so, uh, again, 27 therapist, private practice. Um, I, I, I treat a lot of trauma in my practice, um, but that is such, not only like a buzzword, but sort of like a catch-all. Um, most people have experienced trauma, so what yeah. I, uh, the people I see, uh, there's a lot of codependency and a lot of sexual trauma or a lot of sexual, quote-unquote, dysfunction, um, but it that's just how it's manifesting, you know, or, um, a lot of like sexual exploration too, like gender identity, um, kinks, etc. uh, all come through the door. Um, so that's me as therapist. Um, and how long have you been doing this? A year and a half. And I was working in community mental health for a year and a half before that. Okay. Um, I've known I wanted to do this for my entire life. That's <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah. Good for you. It's all goodwill hunting very young. And I was like, oh, <laughs> whatever that is, yeah. is what I'm going to be. Um, so that's cool. Um, otherwise, I, I love to dance. Um, I grew up dancing. I did almost everything. And then a couple of years ago... Uh, I got very into, like, pole and aerials. That's awesome. Yeah, it was the best. I ended up doing my master's dissertation on how that can be, like, really helpful for people who've experienced trauma. Wow. Because it's a very embodying um, and empowering activity. Um, yeah, I was going to say empowering because you're in control of this that whole situation. Mm -hmm. That takes an incredible amount of strength. It's so hard. Physical strength. It's oh, so hard. Yeah. Um, and I'm, like, very pro-sex work, so, um, yeah, it just all sort of made sense to me. It was one yeah. of the most, like, it was the most fun exercise I've ever done in my entire life. Um, oh, my God, I would fall on my fucking face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in the beginning, you do. Um, but it's it's incredible what will happen. Um, yeah. You, like, really gain control over your body. And I feel like you're working so many muscles that you're not usually working. Yeah. So it's probably the best workout. Yeah, it's whole body. Yeah. Um, and it's just fun. Like, it's yeah. fun. Um, so that was that. Um, but then I ended up starting a private practice, this private practice. Um, and finances sort of took me away. So I haven't been there for, or doing that for, like, two years, mm -hmm. maybe. But still dance, otherwise. Yeah. Um, you're from Bucks County. Did where did you I, dance? Um, it was called Wendy's at the time. Okay, I know exactly um, what you're talking about. And now one of the old teachers took it over. I think it's called Continuum now. Okay. Um, yeah, so my that's little, where I was. My little brother uh, danced at Connect. Oh yeah, yeah. So we would yeah. go to like the comp or what? Not competitions. The recitals. Yeah, the recitals, and he was young. Not the young, like, not, like, the little kids that go the up babies. there in bumblebee costumes, like, doing the Super teacup. Super cute. <laughs> they were so cute. He's been in all different directions. Yeah. Um, he was, like, he probably started in, like, fifth grade. Yeah. My brother is so coordinated. I'm so jealous because I, so I have two younger brothers. Um, the middle one and I are, like, athletic on yeah. the athletic end of things. And not even, like, that athletic. But, uh. 
my youngest brother, he can dance, he can sing, he was, like, good in theater, he performed a lot. I wish he would go back to it, but when we get to the reality TV portion, he tries to be on Big Brother all the time. That's funny. I'm like, don't do that. Go be on, like, go to the Bucks County Playhouse or something and perform, but Mm -hmm. anyhow, dancing's great. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Yeah, so that is a large part of what I do. Um, I don't know. I have a cat named Sweet Potato. He's the the best. Um, He's a dick. Um, How old is he? Maybe four. Um, So I got him. He's a foster fail. So I got him um, just as a foster. And because he was, like, really traumatized as Mm -hmm. a cat. um, And they were like, hey, like, you do trauma. Like, this is a good fit. And I was like, okay, whatever. Um, (laughs) Whatever you say. (laughs) um, And I've never had a cat before. No? No, I was a dog person. Um, And then I met this cat, and I fell in love with him. (laughs) Um, And then someone tried to adopt him, and I said no. So now he's my cat. Oh, my God. And we've done a lot of work. He used to hate everyone, wouldn't. Uh, was like very aggressive wouldn't come near people would like yeah. g- sort of guard the entire top floor of the house and like nobody could get by yeah. <laughs> uh, it was terrible and now he's a little nugget and wants to Aww. snuggle with everybody so cats can be such dickheads yeah that's him uh, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like a dog um but like, he's, he's a weird animal but I love him a lot my dog's uh, kind of like a cat he's yeah. very weird he like will sleep next to me but not I have a lot of dogs that will sleep on top of me because I'm a dog walker. Not my dogs, but when I go to people's houses, they're, like, up your butt. My dog is, like, I want to know what you're doing, but I'm just going to stay, like, a few feet away. Like, he's... He's very clean. He doesn't like to get wet. He's like a cat. It's so weird. Yeah, no. Sweet potato would lay on my face. (laughs) (laughs) So, I've just accepted it. Yeah. Um, Other than that, um, I'm real into comedy. Cool. Um, yeah, I have a theater background also, since you mentioned theater. Yeah. That, that was my other degree in undergrad. I directed Dope. a lot. Yeah. Where did so, you go to school? College? Uh, or whatever. Undergrad. Uh, Washington College. It's this tiny little thing in Maryland. Like, oh. super tiny. Uh, and then I went to Chestnut Hill for grad school. Oh, okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. So, this is it. What, <laughs> what, <laughs> what freaks you out? What freaks me out? What gives you anxiety? I don't like to, <laughs> to specifically ask. I like to ask the question five times, usually. Okay. <laughs> what freaks you out? What gives you anxiety? Like, what makes you tick? What bugs you out? What ge- Because not I, I don't want to um, make anxiety out to be, like, the general blanket term of nervousness. But not sure. all of my guests have, like, clinical anxiety. Sure, so sure. It, it's, it's all varying degrees. Okay, so me, what bugs me out, what gives me anxiety are two very different things. What bugs me out are mice, and that's on the top of my brain because there is a mouse in my house right now, and Sweet Potato is on the hunt. I thought you were going to say I right hate, in the no, no, office. No, 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 I was like, office. what? I would not have you here. <laughs> um, but in my house, absolutely. So that freaks me out. My friend Hannah had a big issue with mice. It freaks me out. I don't like them. Um, And I'm afraid of bicycles. Um, I got a concussion when I was younger and just have never gotten over it. I can still ride a bike, made sure I could, but do not like it at all. So cycling Um, class is, like, out of the question for you? No, that's stationary. That's fine. But, like, (laughs) going on a bicycle or, like, a motorcycle, I did it Mm. once this summer and I wanted to die. It was super fun, but I wanted to die during it. Um, So those are, like, my fears. Um, 
what what gives me anxiety a lot of the time uh, is uh, definitely I think imposter syndrome is a lot of it is like this idea of like not being good enough. I'm not working hard enough. Um, mm-hmm. That gives me a lot of like internalized anxiety, um, and I'm quite. I can be quite reactive sometimes. So like if a big change happens, I'll get a spike in anxiety. I'll be able to handle it. Um, You know, problem solving kicks in, but that immediate sort of change, I need to act now, very, very anxiety producing to me. And not that this is, um, so I don't know, I don't know how much you've listened, but when I'll sum it up for the listeners, because I talk about it a lot. When it comes to astrology, I don't like, I take everything with a grain of salt if it's not fact, like, proven scientifically. So, uh, I think a lot of the Geminis I know are bad with change. Mm -hmm. Like, not... Like, you're good once it's done and implement and what have you, but when it first comes up, you're like, ugh, I I don't know. I'm very reactionary. Yeah, like an immediate spike in anxiety. Yeah. And then, like, the problem-solving kicks in, but that initial reaction is so strong. Yeah. Um, so that's that's me as a person, and I think the general, like, what gives people anxiety, um, I'm going to double down on the um, imposter syndrome of, I think it's really pervasive in our culture that we are not doing enough, we are not good enough somehow, uh, do you find, like, a commonality between these things? Like, I, because I tend to think social media gives us a lot of that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Seeing everybody's lives go on in comparison or whatever. Yeah. I think the sheer volume of information that we have about each other now at a whim mm-hmm. is ridiculous. Yeah. And, I mean, it is human nature to compare. It is human nature to compare and human nature to judge. That's how we survive. Um, So now we're getting comparison every time we log on. Yeah. Um, Whether it be to their their bodies, what people are doing, their money, like, whatever. But Mm -hmm. it's constant. Mm -hmm. And it's going to lead to anxiety or some level of self-esteem issue. Um, Yeah. Unless you can really remove yourself from it, which I think is way easier said than done. I agree. My last, well, because I'm trying to pursue some sort of creative, you know, uh, career path. Great. You have to be. And I remember being in journalism school and then being like, all right, you need Twitter. And I'm like, my Twitter is horrifying. It is like a lot of rap lyrics and things that should not be like, Hi, I'm a journalist. <laughs> like, those are not things that you should have. So I had to delete my Twitter and start over, start yeah. that again. Um, so there's that concern, like, where people, not even judging me, but determining my future sure. based upon things I said in, uh, you know, at 18 years old. And then with Instagram, it's the presentation of you in a nutshell. Like, it's what you're putting forth for the, the universe, basically, to see. And it's terrifying posting things. And I'm like, right before I post, I'm like, should I do it? Should I do it? It's like like a doomsday button almost. Or <laughs> you're like, oh, my God. My last guest uh, does not have social media. He has, like, a Twitter, but it's he's got, like, 56 followers or something like that. It's very, like, low scale. And... He says a lot of his comparison has gone away because he doesn't know what anybody from our graduating class is doing yeah. or whatever. 
but you're 27. What year did you graduate high school? 2010. So, do you have your uh, reunion coming up? Did I say <laughs> no? <that? laughs> um, I was talking to this with. I'm, I'm still friends with a handful of people from high school, like very limited. Uh, I was not really participating in high school all yeah, the time. Yeah. Um, but we were talking, I said, isn't our reunion coming up? And I'm pretty sure no one from our high school is planning our reunion. Yeah. So no, I don't think it's coming up, but it should be. Um, but I'm fine with it. I don't care. Because um, I have mine. And did I, I think I said that I was 27, but I'm actually 28. And it's really bad that you forget that shit when you get older. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I feel like I'm 27, but I just turned 28 in January. Um, did you go to Bristol? No, my first boyfriend lived in Bristol, though. Oh. So. I was just curious. I was very familiar with Bristol. Because my friend's boyfriend has a, he was like, I don't have, he's the same year as us, and he's like, I don't think I have a reunion no, coming up. I went to Chamonix. Oh, okay. Um, so, did you work at the Oxford Valley Mall? <laughs> no. Wait. Everybody and their mom worked at the, I worked at the Oxford Valley Mall for years. I don't think I did. I think I was supposed to work at the Zoomies there, and it, like, mm. didn't pan out or something well but. good because i always said the zoomies people were weird <laughs> <laughs> well good fucking weird uh-huh. yeah so i have mine coming up in september and i've been like teetering on like do i want to go do i not want to go and my friends are all like well it's an open bar we can go it's buffet like it's cool situation and i'm like yeah 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 great but uh i'm a i'm a fucking mess Right, so I have the podcast that generates no money. <laughs> I have a dog walking business that is completely off the record that the government won't find out and tax me for it until now. Um, yeah, right. <laughs> what are they going to do? One of my forty listeners rats me out. I I would love to get a present. Please send me away. I have so much student loan debt. I have no kids. I live with my father at home. <laughs> I'm like, I am so scared. And then I think about it on the adverse, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe. Those people that seem to have it all together want what I have. So fuck it. I'm just going to go. I'm going to tell them I invented post-it notes on my friend's recommendation. Great. (laughs) I don't know. I I always go to the quote, like, comparison is the thief of of joy. But it's so easier said than done. Yeah. Uh, Again, it's human nature. Um, But I think it's, like, a really healthy practice to start is to, like, when we catch ourselves comparing, try to take a step back. Yeah. Like, what is this? What is this doing for me? Or like, what what is this bringing up in me um, that I feel like I'm lacking? And like, that's the thing to look at because um, it's not going to stop. It's 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 probably going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. it's immediate. But we can work on not doing it as much, or like not letting it affect us as much. So for you. You're experiencing these sort of things in your own life. Oh, my God, yeah. And then you have, do you call them patients? I call them clients, clients. but they're, they're interchangeable. Okay, so you have clients come in, and they're expressing fears to you, or what, oh, I'm using the blanket term sure. fears, but concerns to you about something that you yourself experience. So how does that work? Um, well, in this room, it's not about me. So uh, my experience takes a real... Backseat. I mean, like, it colors how I relate to people. Um, right. And usually if I have struggled with something similar, I mean, it's kind of a good edge that I can not 
assume I understand their struggle immediately, but that it gives us a place to connect on that. Like I can understand a bit of their own experience um, and we can use it for good essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, so I, I always think it's sort of a, uh, it is a good, but thing to notice when you relate to your clients. Um, there's a whole, uh, therapeutic thing called like, uh, transference and counter-transference mm-hmm. and you like to be like really aware of it in session that, um, what, what of your stuff is coming out or what are you putting on them um, or assuming about them? The whole projection. Type. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we all project. Like pro- Again, projection is a thing we all do. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we can be aware of it, we can sort of like halt the process a bit. But yeah, I mean, like there are many a times where when clients say things, I'm like, oh, you're talking directly to me. Um, yeah. or, like, or when I say things and I'm like, oh my God, take your own advice. Yeah, um, yeah. Therapists are human. Right. Like, we're human. Um we have some things figured out, but we are certainly not infallible beings by any means. Right, right. Yeah. You have your own private experiences. Absolutely. Yeah. We have our own therapists. Like, we do. Mm-hmm. I love my therapist a lot. <laughs> Melanie always talks about that, like, how therapists have their own therapists. And I'm like, this is like a never-ending chain. Of- Absolutely. And I truly would not trust a therapist who has not been in therapy for a good amount of time. That makes a lot of sense. To not understand what it's like to be on that side of the couch and to be that vulnerable and to confront things about yourself is a disservice that you're doing to the client. Um, And especially because your clients are, and I think Melanie and I dipped into it a little bit, but like you're taking on so much junk for lack of a better Uh, word. You have to like cleanse yourself in a way. Absolutely. Of just the content that you hear sometimes, but also what it brings up in you or like, especially if it's similar to something that you've experienced. Right. That shit you got to work out or it'll come out with that client and that's not okay. Right. Um, So again, love my therapist, been with her for years. Love her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Never leaving. (laughs) I was kind of nervous on my way down, honestly, to, and we talked about it a little bit last week with my last week's guest, but, um, cause he was like, you're, you got somebody come out coming up that you've never met. Is that weird? Because he, he, my last guest is married to one of my friends who oh. start actually kind of pushed me to start the podcast, which is dope. Uh, but I never really had more than, like, a couple drunken party conversations with them. Sure. And, like, we'd been around each other, so I wasn't, like, uncomfortable having him over. But I was like, this guy really doesn't know me. Yeah. Like, most of my other guests know me on some level. So he was like, you got somebody coming up you've never met. And I'm like, yeah, fuck, now that you say that. <laughs> I'm like, maybe I should rep- prepare, like... But in journalism school, I interviewed complete strangers about topics that were way over my head. And I'm like, at least this could be conversational in, in a regard. And I'm not, like, I don't have to get a grade on this at the yeah, end of it. Yeah, this is not, yeah. But coming down, uh, I, I mentioned to you that I'd done therapy twice, but it was always with somebody. Like, I've never done it on my own. Oh, oh like completely. couples or something? Yeah, I did a couples therapy session, a couple couples therapy sessions and then um family counseling with my mom Mm. so it was always like kind of like shared experience and not this probably doesn't make me sound very good but it was kind of like okay it's a debate situation where I have somebody next to me to argue against so it was more like a a, an anger fueled situation whereas I feel like one-on-one is like not that this is therapy (laughs) but I'm like I hope that I'm not like 
feeling nervous and like uh, well, you feel fidgety. a little nervous now. <laughs> no, you did I'm it. Not <laughs> out. No, 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 no. But on the way down, but you're you're super cool and, and welcoming. But it's a more formal. Yeah, that's what I guess to say. It's more formal relationship situation where I feel like I'm with a coworker as opposed to somebody I knew know super well. That was my yeah. thought coming down, <laughs> basically. Yeah. Like freak out of, of no, 95, no, like, oh, my God. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, and, like, not to toot my own horn, but I've heard that, like, I am pretty good at putting clients at ease, like, pretty early. So, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that this feels comfortable. No, no uh, yeah, yeah. Um, whereas uh, I know some therapists struggle with that, like, especially, like, the beginning parts of therapy where you don't know one another very well, like this rapport building. Yeah. I think it's the Gemini in me where I'm like, that's great. Yeah. Um, I'm superb. Yes, 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 yeah. No, yeah. you're um, very warm. And also, we're not here to talk about my problems. And I, that's <laughs> but where we can. I, yeah, no, no, it's okay. I'm, I'm good. No, I think that was one of the things, too. I'm like, I'm going to an office. Yeah. Like, uh... So I build it up in my head. I know I should go to therapy. I'm, I've, I don't even want to talk about my health care problems right now. But okay. I'm working it out with my provider. Good. But <laughs> hopefully. Who knows? But I really have wanted to for a few years now go. There's also part of me, and I know that this is not right, correct, what have you. But there's part of my brain that convinces myself that I know what a therapist is going to tell me. I need somebody to make me do these things. Like, I need homework situations. You know what I mean? Well, that's good to know, though, because there are, are therapists who do homework, mm -hmm. and there are therapists who don't, like myself. Um, <laughs> not, a, not that school-minded individual. <laughs> no, like, before we wrap up session, if there's, like, something that I think you need to think about or, like, something I'd like you to try to implement, like, yeah. for sure. But, like, you're a grown-ass woman. Yeah. Um, if anything, if, if this was therapy, um, yeah, yeah. we would talk about, like, what is keeping you from uh, finding this motivation, like, in you that, like, mm -hmm. you know that you should. You know what people are going to tell you. You need homework. Okay, like, where's this self-starting thing? Right. Or whatever it is. Um, but that's just me. That's the way I am trained. Right. Um, there are people that it's, it's structured and there is homework and, like, that's all great stuff, too. Mm -hmm. That's why I think learning about therapy is actually very important and, like, uh, assessing your wants and needs is really important because fit is, like, the most, like, the highest indicator of benefit. Um, so yeah. we can talk about all of that, um, either now or when we're done, <laughs> um, because I think one, I think everyone should be in therapy. Yeah. Truly. Um, yeah. it's not just for people who are quote unquote unwell. It is people who want to, it's for people who want to understand themselves better, who are curious yeah. about why they are the way that they are. Yeah. Um, I think every single person could benefit from having an objective person to listen to them and help get the most out of life. Right. Like, yeah. It's about relationships, too. Mm -hmm. of this person, I mean, assuming you, like, come and pay and all that stuff, like, this is about relationship, like, and connection. Like, someone has your back. Yes. Um, and isn't that what we all kind of need right now? Yeah. Yeah. So do you think, I th well, part of it, one... 
I think that's why I lean on astrology a lot, mm-hmm. especially more. I was raised religious and not super, super, super duper. Like my parents weren't, but my grandparents are very sure. Christian. And um, I think I lean on astrology to explain my relationships with people because I'm Capricorn, so compatibility and... Um, but again, I take it all with a grain of salt. I don't think there are many absolutes in this life. So, and then two, to explain why people are the way they are. And it Mm -hmm. it gives me some sort of, keeps me in check in a way to not make rash judgments or to, I'm, I tend to be a little bit more forgiving as I think we all do when we understand why people are doing what they're doing. Um, but two, do you think that everybody should go to therapy because of this fucking wild climate that we live in and just the, the political climate, the, you know, economic factors, the environmental, all of these things? Yes. Yeah. Um, that and everyone has got shit. True. Like every single person, um, no one is out here not struggling right. with something. Yeah. Let alone that our our all climate um, is fucked right now. Um, <laughs> totally. And not only just right now, but like has been. Like we have a lot of systemic issues that affect all of us. Yeah. Um, but we've just learn to become so dissociated from our own emotions like most of most people yeah you've sworn i can swear um the title is fucking fine that's true (laughs) um this fucking spiritual bypassing good vibes only like bullshit is harmful to people you have to learn to feel your fucking feelings i love that yeah i love that that is such a good Okay, that makes so much sense as to why sometimes I watch people's Instagram stories and I'm like, take a seat. Yeah. (laughs) I'm all for projecting. So my whole brand is like cynical candor, but I think I dealt with growing up a lot of like repression issues on that front. Like it was kind of like a get, get it get over it mentality when my dad's family is like irish catholic like we don't talk about our problems and then yeah my mom's family is like super republican christian upper middle class so combine those two and it's kind of like we don't we don't talk about those things and i feel like i've gone especially in like the past five years to the opposite end of the spectrum and everybody tells me i'm too much in my family they're like you're just extra and i'm like at least i'm honest like i'm not gonna hold it back if it bothers me uh, but the good vibes only thing, I try to really live that, like in my blogging and all that stuff, I'm cynical, I talk about the shit you don't want to hear about, but then in my real life, I do try to really look on the bright side, I try to give people advice and tell them to, you know, see things, but sometimes you just can't, you just fucking can't, and you gotta let the bad be bad and deal with it. Right, and I think there's such a difference between being optimistic that's and true. good vibes only. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a silver lining in mostly everything. That's true. Like, but that doesn't like negate the shit. Like a silver lining is like a you know a silver lining around a rain cloud. There's shit there innately. Then yeah, and we just found the good thing. Um, it's not a bad thing to feel negative feelings. It's a 
part of human existence. Yeah. Um, and to not to just like avoid them or deny them again is harmful to us. Just because we don't pay attention to it doesn't mean we don't feel it. Yeah. It just gets shoved down and yeah. then comes out sideways. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. It's got like a lot to do with like the whole react knee jerk reaction yeah. thing that ends up being horrible because you're not feeling them. You're just yeah. expressing it outwardly after you let it build up yeah and usually not towards the source right to which it like belongs to yes uh, or we end up turning it in on ourselves and that sucks too yeah that's not good yeah I feel like um my parents divorce that was like a big ongoing still goes on like a, a lesson as to finding the appropriate source why I'm actually angry yeah. for things because that was like, you'd lash out on anybody. You'd la I'd be lashing out on my brothers, and they're going through the same yep. thing I'm going through. Mm -hmm. So I think that was what I really sort of... But it's something we all struggle with continually. You're not going to not... As a Gemini. <laughs> like, I got lots of feelings. Yeah. And usually all of the feelings, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> um, which is exhausting. But it's real. Again, I'll say, like, just because we don't pay attention to our feelings doesn't mean we're not having them. Right. Like, they're still there. Right. Uh, we've just learned to avoid it. Yeah. So it'll come out eventually. So do you have any, like, quick summation coping mechanisms that you'd like to share without, you know, giving away your services for free? Um, feel your feelings, cry, um, be it's mad. So <laughs> much easier said than done though to feel your feelings. Like what is like a, a, a good way to do that without one, either end of the spectrum, one being like, you know, extremely like, I would dump a lot of my feelings, and this is probably why I shouldn't go to therapy, <laughs> I would dump a lot of my feelings and my friends and just use under the guise of, like, well, I'm just saying what I feel. And then the other end is, you know, containing that and holding it in, feeling it, but not t sharing it with anybody, I guess. Well, I think sharing is important. Again, therapy. Um but to feel it, not just verbalize it. Like, what okay. is the feeling behind it? If you're sad, like, are you letting yourself cry? Like, are you, are, are you feeling anything? Are you dropping into your body and, like, letting out whatever needs to come out? Or, like, if you're angry, like, what do you want to do? Do you want to hit something? Do you mm -hmm. want to kick something? Like, can you let yourself do that? Um, that is truly the only way to get over the things is to feel whatever is coming up. Um, so... That's, like, truly therapy for free. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, again, easier said than done if you don't know how to feel your feelings. Um, coping mechanisms. I'm a big fan of journaling. I think there's a lot of power in writing because we – you can only write so fast versus you think a lot faster. And in my own experience, but also experiences I've heard that – when you when your mind can move really quickly you're not actually like finishing the thought so you're thinking sort of just like 12 different things yeah in this like weird cyclical cycle that nothing is actually ever getting completed yeah versus writing you have to slow down yeah um, and then when you write it if it's not exactly right you usually feel compelled to fix it hmm. um so that um, walking is really good for people. I mean, exercise is like the best antidepressant and most underutilized depressant. Yeah. 
but walking specifically just to like clear your mind a little bit. Um, I love, love walking is one of my favorite coping mechanisms. Uh, and it's interesting because I'm a writer. I, but maybe that's why I write for work. So like it's to me, that's not therapy. It's, it's a, it's a lot more, it adds pressure to the situation because I have the intention to publish most of what I write and I don't find. Yeah. That's not for you. Right. But walking, it's interesting because I'm a dog walker, but I love to walk. Like I will. And my favorite thing to do is go to a park where you have to get a long loop to get back to your car. Like you can't take shortcuts because then you're forcing yourself to go for like an hour or whatever, and I listen to comedy podcasts Love. to just pull me, myself out of it. Yeah. And a lot of people are like, why didn't you invite me to the park? And I'm like, because, honey, that is me time. Me time. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, sometimes so, you just need to get away from people. And So, again, as a comedy nerd, I fully support the comedy podcast um, because I think laughter is the best medicine. But yeah. I mean, uh, truly, uh, comedy is uh, tragedy plus time. Yeah. So there's a lot of, like, gallows humor and glibness and a lot of comedy that we find funny. Yeah. Because it resonates. Yes. Um, So I will always recommend, like, watch something funny. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if it's dark humor. If that's working for you, great. I don't care. And that... But to laugh. Um, That is a really good point, is that dark... Because I went through, like, a really bad dip into depression for a while. I mean, it's something I think that's always present for me, but there's some times where it's easier to fight it off. And there was a period of time where I was like, all I watch is, well, I love horror to begin with. And I love like comedic horror. It's a great like subgenre of like, this is like, like, um, What's the cabin in the woods? Have you ever? Are you a horror person? No, I'm a. I'm such a little girl about it. A lot. Uh, You're either uh, like I love it or no, thank you. I can all. watch. Tr- <laughs> not so much uh, since like specializing in trauma, but a lot of true crime. I'm fine with. It's the it's the jumping aspect of a lot of horror movies okay. that I'm just like not interested in. Okay. Um, that no, adrenaline I get rush. I'm, no, I'm good. <laughs> I love it. I like My that. brother loves horror, and I, like, truly don't understand it, but whatever. <laughs> it's great. I'm not a big gore person, yeah. but, like, when it comes to the paranormal stuff, I love to scare the shit out of myself. Because oh, no. I think it makes me feel like, okay, what I'm dealing with is not that scary. Sure, so that I makes sense. <laughs> but I really uh, could not watch anything funny. Like, yeah. I just couldn't because I was so in this hole of, like, that's not, yeah. it's not. And it's that, that self-defeatist um, thing sure. that I think is coupled with depression that, plagues me the most where it's like well same reason that I held back from pursuing therapy when I actually had good health insurance and probably could have got it done I was like but they're gonna tell me what it's that thing where you're like you know self-destruct in the end but it's funny though because I keep hearing you say like they're gonna tell me the thing that I already know and Mm -hmm. um again different types of therapists but the way I practice is like yeah I don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. I'm an I'm an expert in psychotherapy for sure. I went to school, but like I don't know you. Right. You're the expert on you. Right. We're gonna help you figure out what is true for you, and I'm just here to help you. Yeah, to bounce here to be a guide. ideas off of um, yeah. Which I uh, is a very like relational type therapy. I forgot to say this in my intro, but I'm in a post grad program at the Gestalt Institute. It's called GTIP. What up, G-Tip? Love it. Um, <laughs> G-Tip. It's great. Um, 
but it's all about like uh, it's very important to empower the client to like take back the, the agency in their own life that like mm -hmm. you do know the answers you do know what right. I'm going to tell you because you're already thinking it you just don't want to do it yet yeah like <laughs> what makes you not want yeah. to do that and that's part of the process right. like that's a big thing to look at but yeah that, uh, the therapist is not like an um, omnipresent omniscient sort of being yeah not know I'll be no yeah. uh, and whoever's whoever's doing that bump off that pedestal a little bit and I don't know that that's just all a preconceived notion for me but it's like a real know? one though mm -hmm. you know because that's how I think a lot of people have it that's how therapy also kind of started like that was the notion of therapy is you I mean people were going like three times a week in, in psychoanalysis or three or four or five times a week yeah um, and that the therapist would in interpret and analyze you and, and feed back to you their conclusions mm -hmm. um and i'm very psychodynamically trained so a lot of what i do is insight oriented connecting pieces with people but you're still in control mm -hmm. of this this is your life this is your work this is your hour um right yeah right you take out of it what you give yeah. so uh but that's all to say that was all to say that i do think dark comedy is very helpful for Full for people mm -hmm. that are stuck in that rut where they're like, I can't, that's not mm -hmm. funny. Because it's so much more relatable to you when you're in a state yeah. of, you know, whoa. Not yeah. to trivialize it, but literally, like, you... I think that's a good word. Yeah. Another coping mechanism, this is very personalized, mm -hmm. but... Um, so I am a dancer and I work in trauma, but trauma is held in the body, Um the Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. It's like a big book. Everyone should read it. Um, but we hold these experiences in our body as tension. So I'm a big believer in stretching. Mm. Um, I mean, do any physical thing that gets you in your body, whatever. But for me, like, because when you're tense, you clench your muscles. Yeah. Um, to do an active release of it and, like, elongating our muscles, I think, is really important. So that is the other coping mechanism that I swear by. And that is, like, the realest thing for me because I grind my teeth yeah. like a motherfucker and it's it's terrible uh some nights it's not as bad yeah. some nights I can tell that I had like a nice easy restful night good I've also been having like these bouts of insomnia lately and I know it's all contributed to like I live a very very stressful lifestyle like I know yeah. If I'm going to make, which a lot of us do. So I don't mean to make it out to no, be like, I'm the only No, but maybe you're speaking to everyone in existence right True, now. true, true. I have a lot of friends that can count on, you know what? That's, I'm not even going to say that because you can't count on, you can't count on tomorrow, which is one of my biggest philosophies. Like I could die in the car ride home. That's true. So I'm going to spend that five bucks on a coffee at Starbucks when I fucking <laughs> want one because the five bucks ain't going to buy me a house in the next year. Like realistically, True. but I, some people have more secure career paths than others. Mine is very, I don't know what I'm dependent on people. And this coronavirus thing is really fucking me because nobody's taking trips. Sure. So I can't dog sit for you. Um, my writing is so minimal, like it minimally financially covers me. So I really don't know what the next month holds. Yeah. And I think that that is a big part as to why I've been grinding my teeth sure. so badly. And I also have this like shoulder pain because I am constantly like I hold You're it in my neck. All and the time. Yeah. yeah. 
and I do this practice, I try to when I think of it, because it's not always in the forefront of my mind that's completing 12 incomplete thoughts at all times, but I'm like holding on the wheel, especially on 95, because I don't know how often that makes sense. you take 95, um, but it's <laughs> a nightmare. And I'm like, oh my God, I could die at any moment because mm -hmm. these people out here are fucking nuts, and there's been three accidents this week on this fucking road, and I just like start with my back, drop my shoulders. Good. Let my jaw go. And it, you have to actively do it. It yeah. is work to is work. relax, which yep. is fucking incredible. Yeah. Like, but stretching does help a lot. It's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah. I'm biased, but I can't recommend it enough. It is a like, very helpful. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get yourself to do it for me personally. But once you're doing that and how much better you feel the next day or the next three days, you're like, oh, my God. Thank God. I do. I watch TV a lot. Mm. Like instead of sitting on the couch, sit on the floor and just yeah. like move around a little bit. And just it helps. It doesn't have to be a half hour, you know. And I've been doing yoga on Fridays. That's great. I love it. Good. <laughs> I miss it so much. I did it in college. They had weekly yoga, and here I can only at home. I can only do it like, you know once or twice a month. Sure. But even to just go and do that and then wake up the next day and be like, oh, my abs are mm -hmm. <laughs> killing me. So anything else that's going on in your bubble right now that you bubble. wanted to maybe talk about? Anything relatable to the people? Um, I have a few workshops coming up. Sweet. Um, I don't remember the dates off the top of my head. It's um, okay. I can plug them for you. Great. Um, we'll you do that. I'll get them, them to yeah. you. Um, but all somewhat self-care related um, that like, I mean, self-care has become such a fucking buzzword. And I want to, um, uh, yeah, great, let's talk, talk about, about that. Okay. What about it? How so, it's become a buzzword? Yeah. So, well, for one, I don't know if you like Mac Miller at all. Not. I don't not like Mac Miller. Okay. Not, like, not particularly. I know you have that tattoo. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm obsessed. Um, Mac came out with the, the self-care. And I feel like that's just... It's in pop culture everywhere. Like, Truly. Even a rapper that's now deceased. But whatever came out with self-care. And we're all, it is a buzzword in yeah. that way. So what is the difference between like um, things you should be fucking doing... <laughs> And then drawing the line between that and selfishness, because I think it's important to not, you know, treat others like shit and justify it as self-care. Uh, yeah, I mean, and that's a, that's a big question. Um, so I'm, I'm not really sure where to go. Um, I mean, we shouldn't be treating people like shit, um, but a lot of what we consider selfish is really actually just taking care of yourself okay. and we have started to see as anything for the self as selfish but we can't give to others at the detriment of ourselves okay. like that's not yeah uh, okay that's sending the message that we are less than somebody else like we should be giving from our overflow from our abundance okay. um easier said than done myself included um i am a professional at putting myself second yeah. um but it's a shift you know that when we start setting boundaries, which is part of self-care, a lot of people aren't going to like it, but they don't have to. Yeah. Um, it doesn't mean that you still shouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, 
but we want to do it in a respectful way of not like you're doing this and it makes me feel like shit. It's, it's, we reverse it. It's like I statements that I don't, I don't like when you do this. It makes me feel this way. Could you not? And if you can't, we have to navigate our relationship mm-hmm. differently. Um, but there's so much self-sacrifice in our culture and it has been like, like a, a bit overpraised because it's like self-sacrifice and it hurts us not giving because we genuinely want to. And I'm all for giving. I'm all for compassion. I'm all for people should be nicer to one another. People mm-hmm. should give more to one another. We should yeah. all be helping each other out way more than we actually are. Yeah. But in a different way than we're doing right now. I have I have such a hard time with it because I do get a lot of reward, you know, internalized reward sure. from self-sacrifice. But I also, that Irish Catholic and, you know, Christian backgrounds that you, you, you don't want praise, but you're doing it for... So I guess an example would be the best way to describe it. I give blood. Okay. I haven't in a while because of the tattoos, and they always give me a fucking hard time. So fine, sure. whatever. I'm fine. My blood's fine. Fine, but if you don't want it, then I'm not gonna bend over. I think it's protocol, but okay. It is protocol. Uh, There's weird, like state level things. Yeah. I don't know. They get weird about it. The last time I went, I legitimately was out like a year from when I got my tattoos, and the phlebotomist, the phlebotomist is going to like give me the needle or whatever, and she's like, "Oh, those look new." And I'm like, well, I'm pale as fuck. I don't see much sun. Like, of course the ink looks new. It's yeah. a year old. Like, fuck out of here. You don't want my blood? I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm taking the pretzels with me, bitch. Yeah. Like, fuck that. But I do it because I feel like I am helping someone where I'm not going to see a return on it. Yeah. Which I kind of feel guilty that that's why I'm doing it. To make myself feel better, I should be doing it because people need blood. But then there's the other level of me that's like, you know what, they could honestly not need it and throw it out in three days. And then, like, am I helping anyone at all in that regard other than myself? Like, am I doing these things just to help myself? And if that's my only motivation, it's better than not doing it at all. Yeah. But in the same token, I really grapple with doing things very selflessly. Like, I need a return in some regard or else what the fuck is the point? <laughs> well, it sounds like your return is... I'm a the- narcissist. No. Um, <laughs> and that word gets thrown around so much right now and it's absurd. Yeah. Um, but that, like, your the your reward is intrinsic. That, like, mm. of course, doing something nice is going to make you feel good. Yeah. But it doesn't sound like that's the only reason why you're doing it. Like, you're giving fucking blood. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm not sure there's any real selfless act because doing something nice is, of course, going to make us feel good. Right. I think if that's your only motivation, that's not really giving for giving. That's giving to feel good. Right. Um, but that doesn't sound like that. Like. It's not completely, but it's the battle that goes on in my head or when I state, like, I'm giving blood and people, like, you know, beef you up with a compliment. Like, oh, that's so kind of you. And I'm like, it's really really not. But it is, because some people aren't doing it. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Yeah. Not that I was fishing for making me feel better there. I wouldn't if I didn't feel like I had to (laughs) or like I wanted to. Um, But, yeah, the the self-care thing um, for me has become the buzzword and, like, kind of been associated with, like, frivolity a little bit Mm. of, like, it's the buy yourself a massage or, like, paint your nails or buy yourself the coffee or 
whatever, which it, that's part of it. Absolutely. I'm a very indulgent person. Everyone deserves to be spoiled. Yeah. Absolutely. Live your fabulous ass life. It's kind of like though they took... <laughs> Truly. Be fabulous. It's kind of like they took though the treat self movement and oh my God, yeah. exchanged it for self-care. Yeah, but a bigger part of self-care and I think the more important part of self-care is actually caring about yourself, mm -hmm. uh, setting boundaries, doing things that you don't want to do but should do, like go to the doctor. Yeah, uh, which is work. Which is it's work. Yeah, self-care yeah. doesn't always feel good. Yeah, um, it's but not it's always take, a face mask before no, bed. Yeah. it's valuing yourself enough to take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and often it sucks. It sucks a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it's important to do. Yeah. You know. And I think... Our generation especially is moving forward with that ideal. But it all ties back to social media and the whole... Car I don't know how you feel about the Kardashians. I'm super... I, I could not care less about them. <laughs> yeah. I like a truly whatever. It's, it's all that, that Kardashian thing, though, where it's like, get your nails done, buy a really nice lip gloss, like which, again, is important. I do see value and look good feel good I do believe yeah, it sure uh but it's not the most important I'm just very interested to see the way our world's gonna go who's gonna be our politicians when we're old like who's gonna be running for president is it gonna be somebody who is you know so I mean looking at our current president so self-involved and or is it gonna I, I'm just who's to who's say, to say? <laughs> really 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 I just see so many ways this future can go because of these things that are being shoved down our throats constantly and is that by choice you know is it fun and easy so we take that ro route as opposed to working on ourselves internally and I'm, I'm hesitant to paint with a broad stroke yeah but yeah that it is easier to do the easy thing mm -hmm. and it's easier to avoid it is easier to turn away it's easier to not care yeah. Change is hard. Working on yourself is hard. That's why most people take so long to change. Yeah. You know? um, and I even, to take it outside of, you know, sociology perspective, like, that's how I feel about the environment. Yeah. And the thing, like, it, it's easy to drive around in my Honda Civic. Should I have a Prius? Yes. But, like, that's a harder thing. I do, like, little things that I possibly can to try and save it. But what... My old roommate's going to be really proud of me right now. Um, Great. So I hope she listens to this. Or I'm just going to make her <laughs> listen to this part if it makes it onto the podcast. Yeah. We can all do little things, absolutely, and probably more than we all do. Mm -hmm. But so much of the burden is not ours. It is, it is big companies. I agree. This is not our world to save. They're the ones who's fucking it up. Right. Like, the blame needs to be put where the blame is like deserves yeah and it's bigger companies who I are agree. actually doing real damage right versus uh, like we're having a like our individual fact is is real it's not nothing but the blame belo belongs to things much bigger than us that's what I always come around to when I have this conversation um one of my former co-hosts Sam he's talking about biking he lives in like Mayfair area okay and he works right across the bridge. And he's talking about biking, biking the three miles to work every day. And I'm like, yo, kudos for you. Number one, yeah. you're going to get fit as fuck. Like, yeah. that's, a, that's a good workout. There's lots of hills. Two, you are doing your part. Yeah. But 
I'm making a face right now, audience. Like, come on. Like, what do you really think that, like, not driving to work? Now, if we all did it, sure. But my little impact in my car in comparison to the amount of plastic that's pumped out of fucking Amazon and countless others, like, it's such a, you're so right. And I always come back to that. I'm like, but what can we do? Like, is it really? And I'm all for, like, a lead by example. Like, live how you want you know, treat others as you want to be treated to, to sum it up in, like, the most micro of ways. But, like, what do we do? What can we do? Not really anything. So, yeah, not that that has anything to do with it. No, but I think it's important to fight against the helplessness. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. let ourselves feel it because it's a real thing that, like, this idea of what can we really do is real. Like, we're small. Mm-hmm. We're only this big. Um but not to not do it. Um, yeah. But also to put pressure on the people who can do something. That's um, exactly how I feel about voting. Mm-hmm. Like, it just takes enough effort and people will listen. Mm-hmm. Um, Hence the podcast. Yeah. That's my only goal with this is to, like, just reach somebody that might not have heard this information mm-hmm. in other regards. But, you know, part of it, too, is, like, in the social media age, like, there really are no excuses for a lot of things. Like we are inundated with information constantly and you can, I get so frustrated. We've talked about this too on the podcast before, but my friend gets so fucking mad when people post Facebook statuses to questions you could easily Google. Like I I hate it so much. (laughs) Or like when people, when just people ask each other and I'm like, you have a computer in your pocket. Yeah. Like don't put that burden on someone else. Right. Have some responsibility for yourself. Right. This is very much my own shit coming out. Um. And you're allowed to. I also think a lot of it is for conversation. Because sometimes I'll just, we'll be watching TV or whatever, and I'll be like, oh, I wonder what that actor's name is. Do you remember that actor's name? No, but that's so different. And being like, can you send me stuff about this? Like, no, No. you can Google it. You can Google it. You're a grown up. Right. Um, Right. I hate that. Yeah. I agree. Especially with our generation who grew up with the MySpace right. stuff. Like, you know. We all know how to use Google. Right, right, <laughs> um, right. And honestly, like, the, Google is a plethora of information. You could learn so much from experts. Have you been on YouTube recently? Yeah. You can find out how to do anything. Like, what? That's another part, though, that I... It comes so easily to me because of my schooling. And I do get very frustrated with people um, I give the older generations a little bit more leeway and the younger ones, I'm like, come the fuck on. But knowing your sources and yeah. people that I love when people repost shit that's like from like a, a dot like, you know, CA or something that's so like not legitimately yeah. like or like, oh, the best is like people reposting onion type satirical articles and thinking it's fact and I'm like Jesus fucking Christ did you look at the website did you look at the advertisements and the sidebars and stuff like come on bro like you know you you can know better than that (laughs) you choose not to (laughs) so anything else that self-care is so interesting self-care is a huge buzzword and I love that term buzzword because there are so many toxicity is a buzzword yeah I find uh, people using, like, air quote, toxic relationships mm-hmm. as, you know, an excuse to treat people shitty or to ghost. Ghost culture is very interesting to I me. 
cannot stand it. I don't think anybody ever owes anybody some sort of explanation, but the kind and, you know, loving thing to do would be to give people some sort of answer. You don't have to, right, you, you know, yeah. explain yourself. No, but. it could just be like, like you can like honestly be a little douchey about it, but yeah. just like not interested. Like tell them something. Yes. Um, because it's it's very it's very rude and sort of like dehumanizes the other person, and I don't love that. Mm-mm. Um, and I'm yeah. the queen of like getting the last word in and being a douchebag. So I would so much rather tell you like, "Yo, you're a fucking prick," <laughs> than to just completely wipe somebody. I don't think there are. There might be one instance in my life because it was a genuinely toxic instance where I had to. That's different. Yeah. If there's a real toxicity and a real dysfunction and a real abuse, you don't owe that person shit, cut communication, block everything, bye. Absolutely not. Get out as fast as you can. Right. But someone who you're like kind of seeing, you're just not interested in. Yeah. Have some respect for your fellow human. Yes. And just say like, sorry, something in me changed or something. Mm Mm-hmm. Like best of luck or yeah. whatever. I don't know, but I'm I'm very big on like manners. Um, yeah, so, like that's important to me. Yeah. Um, the other buzzword is narcissist. Everyone calls everyone a narcissist now, and I'm like, I don't think most people know what them really means. Right. Um, it's like a whole deal. Yeah. And everyone's can be kind of narcissistic. Yeah. But to have a full-blown narcissistic personality disorder, which is absolutely how everyone's using it, is a real big thing you're putting on someone. Comparable (laughs) sociopath. Yeah. I feel like they're both Uh used like that. And I'm like, do you guys know what it... And I think that's where the true crime part has influenced But the same with people saying, like, I'm so bipolar or I have such OCD. (sighs) Like, stop, stop. Yes. It is not helping. Yes. Um, We have to be better about language this is another thing that I'm like really serious about Mm -hmm. that like language matters some people don't agree but I absolutely do that language is important so I had well number one wordsmith journalism there are certain adjectives that people use interchangeably but they don't have the same root meaning so you can't I love words I have the dictionary app on my phone vocabulary (laughs) is so just it it, it's incredible to me it's incredible and then I go back and forth because it's just the English language and there's so many other languages that have so many different connotations behind words that we translate and it, 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 you could go on forever. But So I'd seen this tweet yesterday. My friend Hannah and I graduated the same degree. She's got an additional English degree whereas I only had a minor. So she might be a little bit better off in this department. But English and journalism are shockingly different, which is a whole tangent I could go off on. But we talk a lot about words like the R word, which you don't use, sure. especially I volunteer with special needs kids. So That's there's nice. like a certain, oh, well, please. Again, self. Other self. people don't. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Other people don't volunteer. It's an incredible um, reality check as to how good you have it. So again, I'm doing that for myself sometimes, but whatever. Who else is going to do it? It's taught me a lot of patience too. So I appreciate yeah. it for that. But. Words like that that, you know, have been adapted in culture to mean 
things that they weren't intended to mean, and then they become dehumanizing. I go off on the whole, um, you went to Neshaminy, so the whole fucking Redskins thing. Yeah. I have a real big problem with that. The yeah. Warriors and uh, one of the other high schools near where we grew up. But I had seen this tweet. And I'd love to know your opinion on it, because I only talked to my friend Hannah about it. And she's like, I don't know. The word insane. Okay. Somebody was very passionate about it not being used as, like, intense. or And she sure, said there's sure. so many other adjectives. Is insane a clinical diagnosis anymore? Insanity? Do we... I know we use it in the court system, but... Um, I mean, as uh, a therapist, like, I, I don't think so, but it is where it came from. Right. Uh, like, that is its history. Right. Of to call someone insane uh, was a real, real diagnosis. So I can understand why that person would be so passionate about it. Yeah, I can understand it. And then I think about words like um, idiot. Because that mm -hmm. used to mean something. But yeah. at what point, I guess my, my ever, my whole debate, internalized debate with it is like, where do we draw the line? Because somebody's always, we live yeah. in this trigger culture where everybody's triggered all the time. and Yeah, where that is also a buzzword. Uh -oh, mm -hmm. Where they really just mean offended a lot of the yes. time. To be triggered is a real emotional response. Yes. Where you cannot decipher if the trauma is happening now or then or... Um, you feel as if it's still occurring. Say um, it again for the people in the back. Yeah. Um, so that's something I'm very sensitive about, too. Like, you're allowed to be offended. Um, but yeah. again, to be triggered is a, is a completely different experience. Um, and not an all, like, uncommon one. People get triggered all the time. But then we need to differentiate that also. Um, but where do we draw the line? I don't know. I really don't know. Because all words come... Even the word moron. Like, that used mm. to be really offensive. Now it's it's not so much. But... There are words that are harmful to people. The word lame is still harmful to people with disabilities. And I think it's I not up to people who are able-bodied to, to say if it's offensive or not. It's up to the people who think it's offensive to decide if it's offensive yes. or not. So we have to think from a very like privileged standpoint of we don't get to decide what um, someone else does or does not like for themselves. Yeah. Um, so that, that's how I feel about it. Where do we draw the line? No idea. But I'm also not sure I'm the person to draw the line. No, so. no, no, no. Yeah, and I didn't mean to ask you that to put the whole uh, no, no, no. societies, but it's a hard thing to grapple with. Right, but in general, that we have to listen to the people who are hurt uh, uh, by the words or the actions that we do yeah. and hear them out. Um, not us be like, no, I, mm, you're overreacting. Right. No, they're right. not. They're, that's their real experience. Let's let's Validate listen. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do think that's why we live in a really awesome time, as stressful as social media is, how yeah. connecting and empowering it actually can be. I'd seen somebody's favorite retweet, what have you, of a woman who just did not like her breasts and decided to start rapping. Mm -hmm. And she had tweeted out to, you know, put it out there to the trans community, like, hey, am I offending you? Am I upsetting you? Does this make anyone uncomfortable? Um, is this appropriate for me to do? Or am I appropriating something? And everybody was 
super, you know, supportive. I mean, I didn't see any comments that were in regards to being hateful or whatever. What a thoughtful gesture, though. Yes. And the reception because of that gesture was all, and everything was positive out of it. And I'm like, yes, we live in this time where we we have the opportunity to connect with others on this level. In the same token, we have the opportunity to be judgmental at any moment at any time I think it's all just like an awareness of self-preservation self-care and how that is going to affect people in the world around you you know dope times man dope times it's terrifying (laughs) can you say dope is that appropriate it's a drug that kills people you know like it all comes down to everything all the time like I'm like I don't know I don't know who am I pissing off in this moment yeah but (laughs) you're thinking though yeah like and a big part of comedy, which is something, like, this podcast is aiming to do, I don't know how funny it actually is, but is, you're never going to, somebody will always be offended at something you say, so. So, my, my favorite comedian, Mike Birbiglia, I hope he somehow hears this. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll tweet at him. I'm no, I don't know if I know who that is. I'm obsessed with him. Not really. Um, yeah. <laughs> just in case he does hear this. Not you go actually home to your, like, uh, See, I do it, too, very flippant with words sometimes. Um, like a Pataki-style shrine in your closet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but he has this whole special, um, called thank God for jokes. And it's about the complexity of humor that humor is a a joke is innately at someone's expense. Um, but there's a way to do it that is proper and isn't hurting the person. It's, it's the whole punching up versus punching down. Oh, good. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. You can joke about almost anything. It's what is the punchline? That is important. Yes. Um, like, like rape is the first thing that comes to mind for me is that people say you can't joke about it. Yes, you can. Yeah. It just can't be at the person at the person expense who got raped. Yes. That's not funny. Yeah. Um, but you can make a joke about rape as a cultural thing and, and spin it to make it like insightful and humorous and, you know, and enlightening. Yes. But it can't be at the expense of the person. That's the difference. I love Michelle Wolf. A oh, lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she jokes about abortion. Mm-hmm. And the way it's done, I'm like, yeah, cool. Because that is a big thing for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get it. I totally sure. get it. Totally get it. But I think she does it in a way that's, it's just great. I fucking love her. She cracks me up. Yeah. Her specials on Netflix. If guys have never seen them. <laughs> Check it out. Just I talk about it all, all the, the comedians time. and hope they speak to us. I know. This is my life. I always talk about, um, I don't know if you listen to Girls Gotta Eat. Mm-mm. Great. Fantastic. Ashley Hesseltine, Raina Greenberg. Hope you girls ever listen to this. They would never. They're so, they're bitches. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hysterical, but. Okay. Do you mind if we pause and I use the restroom? So what you watching? What you listening to? What do you... Um, as I told you, I'm rewatching New Girl again because yeah. um, I think it's tremendous. Um, I just finished The Good Place, which I think is the best show ever to be created. I'm so ever, close to the end. I have like ever. three episodes left, and then I won't talk about it. Until yeah, please you're don't. Done. I'm hanging on because um, I don't want it to. That's end. That's how I was. I wouldn't watch the end because I didn't want it to end. But now I'm just gonna rewatch it. Um, yeah, because I truly think it's one of the best shows ever written. It's great. Um, to introduce ethics back into like the cultural lexicon and to be funny about it yeah. and this whole 
good and evil thing. I'm like, this is the philosophy incredible. Of it is so cool. Um, but I just watched Love Is Blind, and it was the best dumpster fire to ever be put online. Um, so what is for the listeners? I know what it is. Oh, so do my fucking listeners. Who am I kidding? If you have the internet, you know what Love Is Blind it's is. Amazing. <laughs> um, they meet and like don't see each other, right? Yeah, which is like really cool. So I was reading an article about it, and that the people who designed it didn't expect it to be as successful as it was. So the couples that were featured on it weren't even all the couples that matched. Like there were so many, like short-term success stories. Um, mm-hmm. Only a few people ended up getting married. Um, but that a lot of people ended up getting engaged far more than they expected. So, I mean, there's something really to this removal of visual and, like, getting to know someone that really does work. I mean, like, as an experiment, it was obviously very, like, pressured. And when you have these, like, very intimate conversations is when you tend to develop feelings of love. Yeah. But it's not a bad idea to get to know someone on that level Versus seeing them and, like, projecting all that shit on them, you know? So do you... Wait. In the show, you have to get engaged. You don't have to. Well... Oh, uh, to see each other. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So uh, you're, you're getting engaged before you ever see the yeah. person. Okay. So... And then they go on this, like, honeymoon together deal, and then they get married, and they move in together. It's bananas. Like, it's absolutely bananas. So part of me wonders if you're doing that just for... Because I have a big, like, hatred for reality TV. Hatred isn't the right word. Again, I did a lot of research. So they were all, like, inspiring influencers. So there was certainly, like, a benefit for them. Right, like, is your motivation, like, to keep staying, hanging on? Because a lot of people talk about the Jessica girl, which I've seen a a little bit of the first episode, so I know to put the face. (laughs) Truly. But they talk about her on um, Girls Gotta Eat. So this is another element to it. Um, On the podcast I listen to, they chat about how they have some sort of sympathy for her because my friend was like no if you don't fucking like somebody why are you continuing like why are you still hanging on to this like you just want to be on tv but on the episode of girls gotta eat and this is from somebody who has not watched what everybody is talking about so i'm just like hearing two sides of something i'm so ill informed about but i highly recommend you watch it. i'm going to i'm so i feel like it's something where like i gotta get stoned and a big bowl of popcorn and just like you will binge it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because um, it just gets, like, it's just wild. It's a wild concept. It is crazy to think about. I don't feel like it hasn't been done before, but that's besides the point. But Jessica. Jessica. I could talk about her forever. So, like, girls got to eat. They say that she is just genuinely not physically attracted to her partner. I think it's so much more complicated than that. Okay. Um... I mean, she's in love with it. Not even in love. That's like giving her a little too much credit. But like okay. infatuated with this dude. Um, I mean, she talked a lot. When, you'll watch it. But like her, the guy she ended up getting engaged to was like very emotionally available. Like, um, and she like thinks that, the, that that means that there's something wrong with him. So she's clearly used to unavailable men. And she's like very interested in this other guy and like will not give up on it. And I think Barnett she's like, or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, I think okay. she's trying to force herself into this engagement. Um but there, I don't want to diagnose her because I don't know her, but yeah. there's something off with her that, like, I don't think she's very emotionally aware 
of what she wants, what she needs, her own relationship patterns. Um, Which makes sense she's playing them she, out. She turns to like alcohol, right? A lot she of alcohol. Gets, like, more and more drunk. And she's progresses. chasing someone who isn't available. Mm. Um, which is, I think, kind of all the evidence that you need. This, these men being unavailable, like emotionally unavailable. Now she's chasing an unavailable man. Like it's, it's all there. Yeah. Um, no, to no fault of her own, but like it seems like a real lack of self awareness yeah. in her. Um, and this whole fucking baby voice thing, I cannot. You'll see it. <laughs> they said two different two voices. voices, and the one is only for men, and it's it's gross. It's so interesting. It's so it's this sexy baby infantile, make yourself smaller for men deal. Weird. Um, yeah, did not love that part. Um, That's really weird. But it's fascinating. It's fascinating to watch. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna have to go through it. Yeah, I mean, if we're all going to be stuck inside, you might as well. <sighs> For fucking real. <laughs> I think I'm going to start Peaky Blinders soon because everybody's... What's that? It's, um, okay, I, it's British, but I always say it's Irish because I'm fucking out of my mind. I don't know why. I'm like, no, it's fucking Irish. I've never seen the show, so I don't know why I'm telling people that I've seen it. Peaky Blinders. <laughs> I don't know. Eyeliner guy is in it. What is eyeliner guy? <laughs> what does that mean? His name is Cillian Murphy. D- I'm very like not he's, pop culture. He's Irish, actually, like IRL. Um, have you ever seen the show or the movie Red Eye? No. We, okay, it's a, it's an old throwback. Like I'm very, very removed from the world. I think. No, yeah. yeah, it's fine. I'm just obsessed. I think it's part of not having a nine to five. As like I can spend a lot of time sure. googling my favorite actors and things. But uh, he, it, it's something to do with like some. British Mafia, I guess it's Liverpool or something, but everybody fucking loves it. It's a Showtime show, so. Cool. That's probably good then. Yeah. Another show is Good Girls with Christina Hendricks and Raya. So good. Yes. But I've been a little anxious recently, so I haven't watched past the first episode of the new season because I'm nervous. I'm like genuinely anxious about what's going to happen. It gets me at the end of every episode. I'm like, <gasps> I know, such a cl- and I like can't, I can't. That's why I like to watch shows with a couple episodes, so yeah. like I don't have to constantly relive that feeling every yes. week. Um, I think there's like three stored up now, so I can watch it again. But like, damn, that show is good, but also so anxiety good. producing. It is, it is, and like, also that guy is so hot. I cannot, I cannot. So I think he's super hot. I. Always love, though, the guys that Mae Whitman's character is going for. Beth's sister, what's her name? I don't know. She goes for my type, like the nerdy white boy. No, I go, his name is Manny something and he's like he is like, smoking though he's got like a the real tattoos. cool actual name um i think it's called his name is manny montana and i'm like that's literally the best name ever <laughs> um montana. just so handsome and i'm like that's not even fair to the rest of the world he's got the every like every time in the first couple seasons sorry spoiler alert y'all um if you haven't watched it get on your shit because it's been out for a while but every time they like are like gonna fuck and it's always, like, in an inappropriate time. I'm like, he is the perfect man for that. Yes. Where he just shows you the eyes and you follow him, like, Love. into the closet. Love. Um, now I'm just thinking of other shows. I watched Working Moms. It's on Netflix. I didn't think it was going to be good. It's incredible. I started a Non-moms can watch it. I don't have children. It's great. That's um, what I was going to say about Good Girls. Like, I don't relate because I don't have kids. But in the same token, like, 
It's just I'm poor, awesome. so I get yeah. that. I also love, um, last thing I'll say about Good Girls is Christina Hendricks is not like she's a babe conventionally too. hot. Oh my god, what? Like I think she's she's, she's mom hot. But she doesn't have like that that like supermodel body, but she's no, still but fucking sexy. But that, I think that's why I'm into her. Yeah. Of this, like, sh- uh, d- disclosure. Like, I've never been into, like, super thin bodies, uh, especially for women. Yeah. But, like, the fact that she has curves like that yeah. is attractive to me. It's, yeah. Uh, like, truly. Uh, yeah. So, I love that she is unapologetic about it. Like, this is my fucking body. Yes. Um, I'm not going to diet just because you say that I should. Like, right. I'm healthy. I'm fine. And I love that TV is going that love. way where we don't have to have everybody be no. that conventional standard of beauty because that's not the only beautiful and, thing. Um, so, I really love fashion. Um, mm-hmm. Also, that's another thing about me. This super, like, hyper thin supermodel thing is a post 1960s Twiggy thing yeah. that before that curves were very in yeah um so there's not just reminding everyone it's not just one type of beauty it's just what fashion is like dictating right. to us um which changes it changes all the time yeah so yeah uh, just a reminder <laughs> we're in a really good place for that um i watched the show shrill on amazon with i don't know that show do you know do you watch snl i do ad bryant Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like... Oh, yeah, I've seen commercials for that. I forgot what it was called. So good. Yeah. So good. But anyway, you're watching... What was the other show? I don't know. You mentioned after Good Girl. Oh, work, well, I watched Working, Working Moms. Working Moms. I started that. I love her. She's from Always Sunny. <laughs> is she? She is Dennis's, like, girlfriend. Um, oh, maybe later seasons. I, wa- I stopped watching Always Sunny. Yeah, she turns herself into a cat. Great. So seeing her in, like, a, a normal, se- more serious, it's comedy, yeah. but a more serious role is, like, great. Cause she's, like, such a joke. She's, like, laughing stock of Always Sunny. Also, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, my God. One of the best shows ever created. I um, love that I watched, show. I literally... Bought Amazon Prime just to watch that show. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. It's so good. Did you watch? So you watched the, the whole, whole thing? Okay. The entire thing. So spoiler alerts here. I knew the minute when she was on stage at the Apollo and she started joking about him like that. Like, fabulous. Mm-hmm. I was like, you are outing him. You are outing yeah. him. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah. so bad. Like, I knew it was going to fucking happen. I'm so nervous for her. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah. That was a, that was a cliffhanger. I should have waited yeah. to watch it because now I'm like I have to wait a year. To yeah, like, yeah, but I had to watch all of it. Stress at once. So good. Love, 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 love. Yeah. And everything I'm reading is like not current. So last week we talked about a movie called Man from Earth. <laughs> nope. I would be surprised if you or any of my listeners, other than the people that told me about it, had seen it. So, the concept was this man is 14,000 years old and he's trying to convince people that. He's like a professor, he's moving away, and all of his colleagues, friends, whatever, come over to, like, see him off as he's packing his boxes up. And they're like, why are you leaving? He's like, I just do this every 10 years or so. And they're like, well, like, 10 years, you don't look that old. And he's like, well, would you believe? And then he's trying to convince them and... It was a very cool story. I feel like it was like a stage play that they decided to film. 
because it was terrible. Like, there are, like, C-list actors in it. Great story. Like, if I read it, I'd be like, this is fucking cool. Yeah. But, like, it was done so bad that I was like, this is embarrassing. The acting in this is bad. Um, I feel like a, a couple of the dudes are in, like, Lifetime Christmas movies, <laughs> which are great in their own regard, but terrible. Terrible. Sure. Terrible low budget. But it was a really cool story. It tied in a lot of, like, philosophy, like, religion and science and history and all sorts of things to make you think. Aliens. Thought it was cool. And then... That's it. That's really all I've got recently. I watched This Is Us. Didn't watch that. Guilty Pleasure. I heard it's great. This Is Us and 911. But 911 has been off for since their like Christmas break. That's a guilty pleasure too. Because it's like a lot of like, they do that thing like SVU does where they'll tie in current stories. Yeah. yeah and then like, you know, make them way more, more way less believable. Uh, what else have I watched recently? Oh, true crime. The pharmacist. I am. I was. I almost started that, um, but I'm very uh, sensitive around opioid things. Okay. Um, it has like impacted my life sphere, mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, "Do I really want to put this in my psyche right now?" Yeah. But also, kind of waiting because a friend of mine said that she wanted to watch it, and I was like, "If I'm going to watch it, I'm going to watch it with her." Yeah. So. Not against it, but have not watched it yet. I just started it, so I'm only, like, an episode and, like, a quarter of number two in. And so far, it is less about opioids and more about the New Orleans police force. That's good to know. Also, I'm obsessed with New Orleans. Literally. I went in 2017. It's the best place on earth. So fucking cool. I'm trying to move there. Really? Yes. That's awesome. Uh, How long are you going to live there before it goes underwater? Don't know. <laughs> to be a dick. Don't. <laughs> People always ask that, and I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, it is the most magical place on Earth. It literally is so magical. Yeah. It's like, uh, we were flying in, we went for Voodoo Fest, so Halloween time to yeah. begin with. When we were flying in, we are like... Doesn't this make you feel like you're on the Scooby-Doo plane to Voodoo Island? And then, like, we go to Voodoo Fest, and it was just all very, like... Yeah. I felt like I was in a whole other land. It's... It's my favorite. Like, it's it genuinely cool. is my favorite place. So that's interesting that you don't like horror that much, because it's, like, spooky season all the time. I there. love spooky. Okay. I don't like being scared. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm it's not all scary. about spook. I'm all about voodoo and the occult and all yeah. of it. And ghosts and all of that. But, like, being... Like, things leaping out at me. Yeah. Not interested. No, no, in no. Jump scares. No. Not... Yeah. No. I'm good. Hard pass. Do you uh, like... Do you listen to My Favorite Murder? No. Highly recommended comedy, true crime podcast. I will listen to it. They were one of my first podcasts that I ever, like, that ever sucked me in. Um, yeah, so that's been good. I think the opi opioid epidemic is something interesting that we don't cover a lot in documentaries and stuff, yeah. which is interesting to me because... We are so enthralled as a generation or a nation by true crime that we don't delve more into drugs because I think it might be more educational for people that 
jump to one side or another. Yeah. How do you feel about, not that I'm going to necessarily include this, but how do you feel about the, um, I forget the term Safe for injection yes, sites. Yeah, safe injection sites. Um, because it, it has affected my life so personally, I'm so for it. Mm -hmm. So many people die just from dirty needles. Obviously, I don't want people doing fucking heroin. Yeah. Um, and the misconception around it seems to be that people are just going to go there and it's going to make things worse. Where it's just about being clean. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm for them. However, I also think it's a very, like, race-oriented thing that, like, why are, you know, like, heroin is a, a kind of a white thing. Mm -hmm. um, and people are paying attention to it because it's affecting middle-class white kids yep. and upper-class white kids and not um, black folk like the crack ep epidemic. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it's unfair, truly. Yeah. Um, but I'm certainly not against having these uh, safe places for I'm people to go. I'm all for it. Yeah. And I always have met with, like, such resistance. Yeah, because people don't understand. And, it, I mean, it's hard for people to understand, but so many people would probably still be alive. Right. If they were more open. So. I don't find it, and this is probably just my own biases, because I have not been directly impacted that I know of. I know I've had people in my family that have used, um, but we don't have anybody that's been, you know, nobody's lost their lives. Yeah. Um, people have probably done some really shitty things, but everybody's fine. We're, I'm very blessed. My family is very blessed. Um, my friend circle, yeah. pretty fucking secluded from it. Uh, so it pisses me off when people don't understand because they I'm like how can you not have empathy for these people that are mm -hmm. um but I do understand and it, this is where I have like the the okay well what is the solution question is not in my backyard kind of thing because I can't say that if I were a mother and a safe injection site moved in two blocks away that I would necessarily be comfortable with that because of the things that come along with drug use yeah, I mean, I I can certainly understand, um, and I'm not sure there is, like, a a best solution. Right, right. Um, but that people who struggle with addiction are people. Yeah. And, I mean, whether they're going to a safe injection site or just on the street, like, they may be near your house anyway. Exactly. So, That's like, what I always So let's come not put it to. across the street from a school. Right, um, right, right. But they're humans. And yeah. they need help. And if we want them to get help, perhaps this is a step forward. Yeah. Like, like the people who are at the safe injection site, like working, are not going to also be discussing treatment. Right. Like, it's not like they're just going to shoot them up and be like, okay, have a great day. Yeah. Bye. Um, there's going to be some level of care, I'm sure. And it's, so. I am personally somebody that believes we should legalize all drugs. Like, fuck it all. Um, I think that going to a safe in injection site to begin with shows some sort of responsibility and responsible yeah. drug use shouldn't be punished by law. Responsible drug use. Now, if you're getting well, behind the fucking wheel or... Well, that's different. You're putting yeah. other people in danger. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, people have the right to their own autonomy and mm -hmm. the right to their own demise also. Exactly. Um, so, I don't disagree. All right. Well, anyway, that's an aside. Do we have anything, um, anything else fun, light, cheery to go out on? 
No. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So wash your hands, everybody. Wash your hands. Come to therapy. Yeah, plug your stuff. Um, uh, Kristen Hammond Counseling. Um, my website is kristenhammondcounseling.com. I am accepting new clients. Um, give me a shout out and let's see if we can do some good work together yes yes and even if you don't go to kristen there are other therapy (laughs) options stop facebook messaging me your problems (laughs) i can't help you yeah i literally don't know some people are like vent it all out and i'm like oh no. Sorry, that sucks. <laughs> I, I don't that. know what to do. I, because, you know what, I, I made the mistake, and I was like, if you're really struggling, reach out. It's not a mistake, because please, like, if you need somebody to talk to, I will talk to you, but I don't know what to say. I got my own fuck. I'm drowning in my problems. Right, when, <laughs> but I think that's that's super real. Yeah. Uh, like, we want to be there to support other people, but, like, you know who could best support you? A professional. Exactly. Um, yeah. Who will actually get you what you need. Yeah. Um, even if it's just the hotline. You know, yeah. or those tech services, like just something with with a person with training. Mental health is a complicated thing. The mind is a complicated place. It is. You got to have someone with some training. Amen. Like, again, cannot recommend therapy enough. I love my therapist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope she listens. And there's so many avenues. I hope so too. Hey. She, she won't. She's an older woman. <laughs> That's all right. That's how I talk audience. about her. I'm an older audience. Um, Smaller than the rest of my audience. But, uh, yeah, follow me, Cynical Candor, on everything except for Instagram at Casquita, CynicalCandor.com. If you guys want me to talk about anything in the future that you haven't heard yet, I got a little contact form. Holla at your girl. Or don't. Just sit there apathetically. It's fine. Just vote. Yeah. (laughs) For sure. All right. Signing off. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. Say bye to everybody. Bye. Bye.